What's going on, y'all? This your boy, Lita Johnson, and I'm here to talk about um, more. I, I told you I was going to put some episodes on y'all. It's a lot going on in sports, and especially when it comes to Philadelphia sports. And let's just go um, around the table. Let's talk about the Kyrie Irving situation and how I feel about that BS. Sue him. Sue him. Let me tell you something, man. In this life, it's stuff called privilege, right? If that was Nick Young, or if that was Lou Williams, hell, that could have been C.J. McCollum. You know how much a team is going to find this guy. Ain't nobody going to talk about your sages. and You know, he's just a superstar where people are trying to put out the red carpet for him, and eventually the management is going to turn, have to pull their balls up and, you know, make him pay for these joints. I mean, this is crazy. You know, they're really uh, really looking at the fact that they just know they got two superstars and they want them to play. They want them to get on the floor, so they're trying to go through this episode and, and, and basically kiss ass. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. So, um, I don't know. Yo, that's, I don't care who you is. That's why I couldn't be no coach, man, because, listen, you're going to sit down when you're not doing right. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's real talk. We in the pros. I pay money is on the table right now. You're going to have to play like you. If there's a problem, I will be not be a coach to not address it right. And the coach needs to make a stand. No matter what Kyrie going through or what he doing, he needs to let him know, listen, hey, it's still basketball to be played. So I don't care what's going on. That's a little crazy. And, and on that subject, you know, I know um, – some people still like supporting, you know. But come on, man. It, 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 right now, it's a lot of people getting tired of it. Basketball watches, all that, you know. So, I, like I said, wish them well personally, but make the decision. Say, look, I'm done. So everybody can move on and live with it. Don't come and just be like, oh, you're on this team, but you're taking a little break. You're in the club, chilling. You know, yo, it's crazy. It's crazy. You're doing what you want to do. You know, and, and I'm gonna tell you this: I'm pretty sure he got somebody of 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 power in his pocket for him to be even doing this, and it's to be he had somebody and has informed somebody of what's going on. Can't tell me that. So uh, we go to Villanova again. I want to talk about Villanova. Villanova. It's a big reason I wanted to break down, Will, that um, why Villanova is good in the league. Look at the last couple of championship years. And you go with Josh Hart, and on the backup end, it was Michael Bridges, right? In 2018... You had Michael Bridges. The backup was Samuels, but Samuels was hurt. Now you look at this team, there's Samuels. And you got Brandon Slater. And it's different because now you got a top 50, top 60 prospect. High four star on backing up somebody, and they're healthy and they're a good two way player. Like when you put Brandon Slater in there for Slater, 
for uh you know really is Daniels. Let's do it like that. Daniels is at the small forward position right now, so it's a different lineup. And you got Slater. Daniels is a scorer. He does his thing, okay. But he also plays some backcourt. Slater comes in. He's a two-way guy, and he's starting to score. He's efficient from wherever he's shooting from. That is a great player, a top 60 prospect to have. It's a little different than when Michael Bridges was playing. You know, Michael Bridges wasn't, you know, that high, but he was definitely a four-star. Okay, Samuels wasn't there. And that's a good trend of small forwards, might I tell you also. So, and I don't know if... um, If um, Slater will be the starter next year, it could possibly happen. It could possibly happen. Uh, he's really looking good. I mean, why wouldn't I mean, giving him twenty minutes and thirty minutes? He could really do some some damage. He's starting to really be who they recruited, and that's scary to have a guy like that, Brandon Slater. I'm, I'm just excited that he's here now. Like. He's arrived, and Cole Swatter has been, you know, in and out, you know, with his stuff, you know, his show flashes. But now he's here. He's Cole is here. Cole's a problem. Cole's a problem. And then Eric Dixon, you know, red shirt freshman. He's already had a double double. He's had good games. Like they have a bench. Like they do. They had this. This is not a problem now. The bench is good. And that only gives Jay Wright so much more to to play with, you know, as a coach when he has that. He does immaculate work. So, like I said, let me go back to the positions. When the 2016 went down, it was um, Chris Jenkins, all right? The backup was more or less Reynolds. Daryl Reynolds go from the four to the five. He's a backup center, backup power forward, okay? He's a three-star, you know, two- to three-star player. Um, and so you look at 2018, it was Eric Pascal. Okay. You better at the power forward position, but as far as the backup, they had nobody. You know, if you wanted to name somebody. You, you named Dada. Dada was the freshman. So, I guess you could say that just like Reynolds, four-star Dada, one of, you know, the best front-court players in, that, in that, um, that basketball recruiting class. So, now you look now, and, and you got Cole Swatter. You have an even Steven. There's, there's, no, there's no rotation player. You got this, this three-point shooter at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, that can, you know, light it up and score from anywhere. And, and also, he's become a better defender. Like, now Cole Swatter, is a, he really picks up things. He can really learn. Once he's taught, he's putting his skin, he can really pick it up. And he, he's going to be dangerous in, in March. He's going to be dangerous in March. You know, he's the guy, and he's Cole Swatter, once again, that they recruited. He's tough. He's a tough dude this year. Like, he's real tough. Nobody's looking at how tough. Slater and them already recruited tough. So they're a tough, tough player, but they've gotten their foot in now. They're, you can tell they're comfortable. College basketball is theirs now. And I think Cole Swatter does start next year after, you know, there's no more Robinson Earl. There's no more Samuels. Cole Swatter is, is going to start. 
I'm gonna give it to Cole. You know, um, the the Slater situation, Brian Antoine's coming. So whoever Jay Wright sees between those two guys is how that's gonna go. But if you look at it, Slater's a senior, so it could be Slater, and Antoine come off the bench. I I could really see that happening. And we also got um, looking at the center position. Right now, it's Robinson Earl, and your backup is Dixon. In 2016, it was O'Sheffield, and you had Reynolds. And then in 2018, it was Amari Spellman, and you had Dada. Okay? But now, you have, there's not a road. See, Dada and Reynolds had to worry about four and the five, making up for the four and the five, you know. But Dada was the replacement for um, Spellman, he had to replace Spellman, you know. But um, if you're looking at it, Reynolds and I'm just saying, Reynolds and Dada, I can play both positions. So your only backup, they didn't really have too many uh, a, a backup power forward. So those guys fit their mold. So, but they backed up center, Reynolds and uh, Dada. So now you got Dixon, who's actually the center. Like, Cole Swatter backs up the four. You see how they're deep across the board where they can go in the front court and they have somebody that can fill in, and all those guys have impacted. That's what makes this championship team even different. Like, they got six guys across the front court. You're looking at six. You're looking at six. And then you look at the front court. Shooting guards, Justin Moore. Back then it was – Ryan Archidiakono played the shooting guard because Brunson was the point guard. And um, his backup was Booth. Both of their backups were Phil Booth and, you know, what he did in the national championship game. And then you look at 2018. Both of their backups uh, is DiVincenzo. And then, you know, DiVincenzo was the backup. Then you had Gillespie at point guard. You know, Gillespie was a proven, he really was impressive as a freshman. He, he, Him and Dada impacted as freshmen, even though, you know, Samuels had a 10-point game before he got hurt. You know, them guys, that was a good recruiting class. And as you can see, it's led this team to a number three ranking. They wouldn't have been nowhere without these seniors. Like I said, Samuels was just starting to, he was starting to kick up. He was starting to be Samuels. He'll let you know he in the house when he needs to. Like, Samuels is a good player. He's just a real good passive player. Just wants to – he lets the game come to him. Simple. He's the clear definition of letting the game come to him. Um, at point guard, like I said, um, um, Brunson, they had Booth. Um, looking at um, Jalen Brunson both years. <laughs> both years had Booth and had um, Gillespie. And now this year, you got Chris Archer Diacono. He hasn't really gotten that time. The only guys have really gotten time in, that, in, in the front, in the backcourt, are Daniels, Justin Moore, and um, Colin Gillespie. It's been a rotation, and you can do that. You can put Slater in there. You can put Samuels back at the three and do a, 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 um, a lineup where there's Gillespie and this and this and this Daniels, and, and they do that. You know, they put uh, Robinson Earl in there. They put Robinson Earl in there. Robinson Earl with Cole Swatter. They put Robinson Earl with Eric Dixon. He has lineups for days. And now, this is what I want to go to y'all and tell y'all about this team. 
Dada is really, it's really three centers they got. Because Dada comes back, everybody knows Eric's time is going to go down. Dada's going to be in there. He's going to get his time. He is Dada. Okay, Dada is going to get his time. All right, so I know people are like, Eric Dixon, he's good. We got three centers now. You can do so much with Eric Dixon. You put him at the four, you put him at the five, and he's effective in both spots. And then when Antoine comes back, now you're going to see the, the guard position really get different. It's really going to get – like they're going to have so many rotations. People say they won't use ten players. They'll use eight. But it's going to be a certain rotation of players. It might, it could be nine because it'll be times Dada doesn't get time and it'll be times Dada does get time. But Dada's going to get time. So they're going to, they're both going to come off the bench when they come back. And it's going to, Antoine's going to be the one they need because, like I said, Daniels is playing. The three position right now. He's playing that position, so they have no clear backup at their guard position. So you can sit uh, Daniels down and put Slater in and then still put Antoine in there. They won't have to run Daniels so much. They can run Antoine, and that's going to be big. And I, I, nine players, I feel like, will be used like on a, a, a day-to-day rate. Like sometimes Dada won't get in. It'll be Eric Dixon. You know, but most of the times when it when when Dada comes back, it's gonna be Dada. Like that's people can say what they want. Oh, Dixon's gonna get some run, but it's Dada's gonna get most of the run. It's just his last year. He's a captain. He's a leader. That's what's gonna happen. And also, I wanted to say something about the uh, exception of having the, uh, the year made up for by the NCAA. I was thinking of a scenario. I was thinking of a scenario, and um, if Villanova, it's a certain amount of players that should that, that Jay Wright should do that with, just just because you can take advantage of it, and everybody coming back, he would be smart to do that. Everybody that's coming back, from Slater to Cole Swider to Eric Dixon to. Everybody, especially Antoine. I think Antoine is the number one guy who should get it. If you're not a senior this year, then yeah. And then Robinson Earl. You got to see if Robinson Earl talking about coming back. Yeah, do that to him. But if you're not, nah. I think Robinson Earl is definitely gone along with three seniors. But if you do that, you know, you go back and you make up their year and they get them an extra year, like Daniels. and Do you know how Villanova could win? Another title. <laughs> because you keep Daniels two more years after this year, and then you keep Antoine two more years. Like, you keep more. He got that eligibility. Like, do you know how good Villanova can be with this type of talent? They can win a whole like, – they can repeat. Now, next year might be a little hard, but the year after that of having – I'm saying Elite Eight. I'm looking at this team coming in. If they get Trevor Kills, that's him and Patterson will get their time. It's, it's no doubt about it. They will get their time. I think those two um, – you have to earn it, but I think those are the two guys, you know, with, with Gillespie leaving. 
And if they win this championship, Justin Moore, if, if, if he turns into that and he shows their range, it's different. But I don't think he's going nowhere. You know, I think he's still got polish to do. I mean, you know, he got more to work on. But when that percentage goes to 40%, you watch out. Right now, that percentage hasn't hung at 40%. One step percent. That's what Gillespie is. That's why him going to the twenty twenty one draft. He I see second round pick all day. If he hitting forty percent from the tray in this league and this NBA, Colin Gillespie is getting drafted. If he's hitting he's hitting forty four percent from tray from the three point line, and he's that type of tough guy, somebody's going to draft Colin Gillespie. I mean he he's and he's doing nothing but getting better. If he keeps showing the type of guy that he is. Because now he's playing like the Archbishop would for real. Like he's 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 taking over. This team this makes them different. Is because of the, the the depth they got and and the type of talent. And this team. I just don't see nobody, and, and, and the key to them, if they can win it right now, without, can they win it right now without Antoine and Dada? Yes. Only because Slater and Swider are right there and Dixon is ready. Those three guys, when you got eight players, that can, you got a guy that can play four and a five, he can hit from the three-point line, he can rebound, he can bang with you, he can play defense. You got... Brandon Slater, he can he can play the two or the three. He can defend. He can defend three positions. Uh, he now he's hitting the three point shot. He's driving on. He's aggressive. I mean, he's ready. If he steps in as a starter, oh, he, he's gonna he's gonna have double figures. He's gonna impact. Cole Swider, a six eight guy, can play the three three or the four. Can defend both, and even defend some five. Shoot from long. Shoot from anywhere on the court. But when Antoine, you, I haven't heard anything. Like I said, I haven't heard anything. But when Antoine and Dada come back, I haven't heard they're out for the season either. And if Dada's out for the season, then I can change my perception. Maybe they bring him back because that's crazy. He can't have his whole, you know, that would be with, with, with uh, Robertson Earl gone. I guess if that happens with Robertson Earl gone, Dada would definitely start. Everybody talking about uh, Dixon. Uh, Dixon uh, no, no, it's not going to be like that. They're going to have three seniors. If they don't put Slater and what's the name back, it'll be juniors. You got experience on their front court like no other. <laughs> like no other. You don't have to rush Trey Patterson. You don't have to rush nobody if he goes back and next junior season is next season too. You know, make up for a year that would be big, and then you bring Dada back, and then you got Justin Moore as a sophomore again, with Caleb Daniels as a junior again. That's that's gonna be a dangerous team. People look at that team. Now, you crazy? Do you know what type of team that's gonna be? Cole Swatter getting thirty minutes. And, and Brandon Slater getting that. They're gonna be double figure scores. Not even, and I'm talking. With how they play and how they're developing, both is 15 a game. 
But when you got Justin Moore there, Justin Moore is 17. Caleb Daniels 17. Them guys are going to light it up. They're going to be hard to beat. I think Dada could turn into a double-double person. With the experience he got and he get the time he got, Dada would be a double-double person. If he came back next year, no doubt. No doubt. You put him in there, let him get 25 minutes a game, he's a double-double guy. It's just what it is. You look at this team and you see a lot with this team. And then next year, you just look at how next year is going to play out. And they'll still be a competitive team. Which doesn't put me into them being a championship team the next year. Is that how good Slater and Swider and Daniels, they were really, we're going to see just they could be a championship team. And if Dada don't come back, you still got Eric Dixon and Nana Najoku. Okay? Remember how deep that team. He, it seems like Jay Wright knows the, the formula. Stay deep. Or try to get deep. Have a good bench. Be able to shoot. Have a six starter. That's his thing. Every, every, every championship he had a guy off the bench that, that that helped him win. That was like I said, Phil Booth and Dante DiVincenzo. He had everybody could hit the, the tray ball, just about. The other one was a chef who chef who you know he wasn't tray balling it, but he was a good inside guy. You know, a good post player. So you just have to look at just how good this squad really is. And that comes to that. Now, I want to talk about the Sixers. We got to get the Sixers. Now, the Sixers, listen, man. This is the team. And it's good to be in this situation. It's, it's an evil, not evil, but a real good problem. Let me say it like that. Not, not evil, call the heck. But it's a good problem. Um, the trade. Let's let's break this team down. Ben Simmons is, is is people. Everybody panicking on Ben Simmons first. Just like I tell you about Tobias Harris, he's going to be okay. He's all right. Why ain't scoring more? This and that. Listen, Ben Simmons has to figure the team out first. That's just how he is. That's how he was with Brett Brown. You saw he started to get used to figuring the team out. And then he started being Ben Simmons all over the floor. But he has to learn how to distribute, be a point guard, know where people shoot, know where they cut, figure out this offense. So that's what he's doing. He's filling the floor. You're looking at a genius IQ with the ball at work. He is figuring out the whole floor first, figuring out each player first. He has dynamic shooters. I mean, Seth Curry is hitting 59% from the three-point line, my man. 59%. If you leave him open, you shouldn't even play the whole game. That's it. 
when a man's hitting fifty nine percent from oh my god, he's shooting sixty percent from the field. He's scoring seventeen a game on people. Like this guy is killing them. That that backcourt is dangerous. Danny Green just had twenty nine points, ten rebounds, and six assists last night. Joel Embiid had forty five or sixteen. Well, these guys is killing them. Like this starting lineup is 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 is, is dangerous for real. Twenty nine points for that man. He almost had a triple double. Danny Green, did that might have been his coming out party. Like, what do we have this year? What does the Sixers have with Danny Green? He started to kick up and score. Now he is just on fire. Nine threes. They say he misses last six. So that means he was a nine for 15. He was scorching them. But when you got to worry about Danny Green, all them shots he was throwing up was weapons because everybody else started to get open. You know, uh, Joe had, Isaiah Joe had um, 13. Tyrese Maxey had 16. Okay, he's eight assists. He looks like a good point guard. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, Shake Milton wasn't playing. Cork Myers wasn't playing. Dwight Howard was playing. He had 10 points, 8 rebounds. Mathis, Dakota, is, is becoming the guy that can shoot, and Philly likes it. When you got a, they got so many guys that can shoot. Now you got Joe and Mathis, and that that it makes somebody expendable. Cork Mines is expendable. Um, Mike Scott, who had a good game, is expendable because you got other shooters. You can throw them right in there, and they still got Terrence Ferguson. Still got Terrence Ferguson. I mean, they have a deep team. Everybody can do something. Thibault, he can hit the three, but he also is a is an elite defender. You got him running around. Paul Reed, they know from this stretch that Paul Reed can defend. If anything you don't know, he can rebound and defend. He's a tough guy, and it's good to have somebody like him and Thibault both on the team. If you want to throw a Thibault, a Paul Reed, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Ben Simmons type of lineup out there or Seth Curry type of lineup out there just to put a defensive lineup out there with some scoring. You can do that. You can so throw Seth Curry or, or, or Tyrese Maxey right at the shooting guard position. But we, I want to talk about something. And it's just real talk. Oh, it's good to have Tony Bradley, too. He had 11-15 in that game. Um, I mean, Philly's deep. I mean, it's exciting to see this team. But um, with, with Ben Simmons and his um, – and looking at Tyrese makes to get 39 points that game. And I'm just going to be real because I'm an analyst, too. Don't want it to happen, but Philadelphia could try to make that trade. That's why they're keeping Tyrese Maxey on the floor for a minute. I mean, well, we know Seth Curry's out, but that's going to be the lineup. Tyrese Maxey's going to play with Ben Simmons. And um, trading him for Harden, and then you got Harden and Maxey. 
the the key part to that would be keeping Harris. If you can keep Harris, I feel like that trade is 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 valuable. But if you can't keep Tobias Harris and you get another player, you know what you get? PJ Tucker. Like who 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 do you get? Would you want your lineup to be Harden Tucker? Um, Seth Curry. Danny Green on the team. Because uh, if I'm trading Tobias, I want Woods. If I'm trading Simmons and Tobias, I want Christian Wood and Harden. <laughs> I want Christian Wood and Harden. Like, if I'm trading, to, to, come on, I want Christian Wood, Harden, and I'm going to try to get Tucker. But Christian Wood and Harden, I need both of them. Bring them on. Let's just bring them along. Christian Wood and Harden. I want both of them in the trade. Y'all can have whatever the fuck. If, if, I, if Tobias and Ben Simmons go, Christian Wood and Harden has to come here. Because now you're trying to deplete our damn lineup. So that's why I say if you're trading for Harden and you trade Ben Simmons, Tobias shouldn't go anywhere. You know. Um, don't trade Maxie. Don't trade uh, Joe. You know, Court Mines and Hilton Milton will be up for grabs. And so with Thibault. So with Scott. Shit, if they wanted Howard. <laughs> if they wanted Dwight Howard. You know, I mean, it just is what it is. But I think Maxie and Joe, when you get young guys like that, you keep them. Keep Danny Green. This is a good nucleus of players with Seth Curry and Danny Green. Keep them. If we're going to fuck up the nucleus, I want to replace them with somebody. So if you want to get like four or five players and some draft picks, you know, and, and you getting Simmons and Tobias Harris, they got to get Wood and Harden. But why would you break this team up? Now, a whole other team has to get used to chemistry. I understand Harden's going to do his thing. It's going to be some rain for sure because now if that trade is made, it's Maxie and Harden now. Now you got a real, you know, and now you got Isaiah Joe. That's a that's a three-man rotation that I think is going to be interesting. But it's young. Now he's playing with young bucks. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I think, will come up and get that time along with Joe um, because now Thibault is gone. I mean – he could be gone in that trade. Regardless, Scott could be gone in that trade. So I'm thinking here comes Ferguson now. It just would mess up a lot of chemistry. I think Philly has too much going on right now. Let Ben Simmons, because once Ben Simmons, listen, once Ben Simmons gets used to this team, oh, my God. I mean, he has too many weapons around him. He has, he ain't started ha- started having real fun yet. I think once James Harden gets traded, a, a lot gonna be off his head too. But he just don't know what to say. Now it's, it's Tyrese Maxey has thirty nine points, and so now Ben Simmons is like, oh, here we go. I know he's been on, you know, saw the post about him and all this mess and. It's just real crazy. 
It's real unbelievable. But I, but I, I'm living with the fact that this actually could happen because I know more. He's looking at this. I don't know. He's not thinking like me. He's thinking like himself, and he's thinking he's like, oh, I got a I got a star point guard right here. What am I What am I even waiting on right now? I bring James Harden here. All this turns to gold and shit. So, I'm telling you, like, and, and it's sad because I'm still a Ben Simmons fan. I always be a Ben Simmons fan. I always be a Iguodala fan. You know, guys like certain guys. No matter where they go, if they leave Philly, I'm I'm you know they still my boys. And you know. That's that's a guy who will always be one of my favorite. He will always be one of my favorite players, no matter where Ben Simmons plays at. And when he becomes the star that he's going to become, you want to have him. So we're eight and four now. Six is eight and four. They got both their stars back, and now things can get, you know, it's going to be a lot. When, when Just think if Curry was in that Miami Heat game. I don't think they would have had a chance. I mean, if, if Danny Green can bomb 29 with this squad, can you imagine if Seth Curry was here, what would have happened? Like, Jesus. This team is, is ready for war. Isaiah Joe, ready for war. Ready for war. You know, he wasn't even getting time when Cork Myers got hurt like that. But now, when Milton comes back, Joe is going to get that time. There's going to be some trades going on, man. It's, I'm telling you, it, it's something in the water. I don't, I, don't, I don't actually think that the James Harden trade could be the number one trade they're going for. There's a lot of You got Bradley Bill. They can easily bring in Bradley Bill and have Seth Curry doing what he do. Still have Seth Curry doing what he do. If they can make a trade where Milton and Corkmines and Thibault, but see, they're going to have to give up somebody else. So if they say Tobias Harris goes in that trade, they could possibly, but the thing is with Tony Bradley, they could possibly throw Tony Bradley at power forward. If you bring in Bradley Beal with Seth Curry, if you can somehow wing wing it with because Tobias Harris is good this year, you you could somehow wing it to where Tobias Harris is. But at the same time, like I said, they got enough bench players. Like you got Cork Mines, you got Milton, you got Mike Scott, and you got Thibault. You throw all those guys in there. And some and some first round draft picks and try to wing somebody. They they could like Zach Levine, Zach Levine. They could get a Zach Levine. Probably wouldn't get a a bill. They they would want Tobias Harris probably. Even if you just threw all those guys and because Shake Milton is playing so good that he's he's worth that. And Cork Myers is showing, but he ain't played in a minute. They got to wait till they guys come back because all those guys I just named are all promising. Mike Scott can score in double figures. He can hit the outside shot at the four position and guard the four position in three. So I'm just telling you, like, that can happen. But the Zach Levine, think about that. 
the Bulls are a young team. If you can get them Shake Milton, Cork Mines, Thibel, and Mike Scott, a vet, who can shoot the trade ball, help that team instantly. With three young guys that can come in there and play instantly. And then give them a lot of first round draft picks for Zach Levine. That that would that's different. Zach Levine's not on that. You know, Zach Levine's a guy who's hitting that star mark. I see it to me. I think he's there. there, so when you look at Zach Levine, that could be a trade that could be an instant trade an instant trade that Philly could make so it's something's in the air, they got too many good players, they got too many guys and pieces they can move and they got replacements for a lot of guys that will move. So something's going to happen. But Philly's just going to play right now. All right? Now, listen, y'all. I'm about to get out of here. I'm good to talk about the Sixers. Good to talk about Nova. You know, good to talk about those two. So um, it's going to be something to look at. Pay attention. So I'm out of here. Follow the leader, y'all.